Speaking okay. of ruining our streak, Jeff, are you ready to go? I am ready to go. Are we all ready to go? Sure. See. As my wife runs out of the room. Gracias. <laughs> Very loud. It's, it's a lot lower tech. Hold it, hold, hold it back further. You'll be all right. I have a volume button. It's a okay. lot lower tech than your show, John. Uh, so, uh, <clears throat> welcome to Everyone Racers, a show designed for the world of low-dollar racing and oddball car culture. It doesn't matter what kind of Lemma Champ or Lucky Track Dog League you run. SCCR NASA, we won't discriminate just as long as you drive it hard and built it yourself. Join us each week for tech discussion, tips, tricks, news and notes in the world of amateur endurance racing. And whether it's on the spot, hella sweet, or we're lucky enough and Chrissy gives us just the tip. We're sure you'll giggle a little and learn even less. Everyone report to the paddock. This is Chris. This is Chrissy. I'm Jeff. And I'm Mental. And we are Everyone Racers. Thanks for coming back and listening to a gullwing episode of our podcast. It's episode 198. The W198 was the chassis code for the Mercedes 300 SL, which was certainly one of the first supercars in the world. We could go back a little further and find some other ones, but damn if it still isn't just achingly pretty to this day. It was initially a gullwing coupe from 54 to 57, then a roadster from 57 to 63, top speed of 163, making it the fastest production car of the time. At the 1956 running at the 12 hours of Sebring, there were over 300 counted in the parking area. That's pretty cool. Imagine That's amazing that 300, 300 SLs were in the same parking lot ever. When they that were brand new. Like, yeah. Yeah. That wasn't yeah. like outside the Mercedes factory. Right. Stuttgart. Great. Well, hey, if you're not driving a car, your 300 SL, uh, please don't use your bingo card if you're driving your 300 SL. Please. No, <laughs> don't, don't do that. But do no. take a picture of it and send it to us. Yeah. Uh, what are you working on? to jeff because jeff's been a busy boy lately what do you well you know it's it's been busy yes uh work has begun on the crashed ls swapped 300z uh we have a guest tonight so i will say it is a z32 1991 chris 92 what year is it 92 1992 300zx slick top 2 plus 0 freaking nissan mill out and put it in ls uh and then my after brother, rebuilding it like twice yeah, yeah, yeah two years building a race car <laughs> and then uh on practice day uh a driver with the same last name as me uh slid it into a guardrail so uh that same driver was over my house and we were working really hard we took us half a day to get it out of the um out of the trailer and parked in a place where the township won't notice um <laughs> The second half of the day, we, we pretty much have the engine prepped to pull. Uh, we need to pull the motor so that we can t- get it to the uh, slightly irreputable body shop to get them to yank the frame straight. So uh, as everyone is asking what's going to happen to it, we are going to try and resurrect it because that cage was entirely too hard to build. I am not swapping chassis. We're going to try and get that thing back together. Uh, go ahead, Chris. I said, yep. Yep. That's good. Yep. I agree. I concur, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Gee, I wonder where we can find another roached out Z. Uh, I'm also contributing to the Carvana effect. We had the discussion about the Carvana effect a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and hopefully saving the manuals as today I completed the paperwork for the purchase of my 20. 20- 
20 Hyundai Veloster N. I'm very excited. As Chris, met, as as every single person on this podcast is in love with German cars, I'm the only idiot who just won't do it. So, well, it's not that you don't love German cars, it's but true. we have we have long established there are requirements that go with German car ownership, and you don't, don't do those. if maintenance is one of them. I'm not yes. doing it. So <clears throat> there it is. Uh, Non-reactionary and, maintenance. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it is performance blue. Uh, so I, 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 oh, I forgot to put on my golf-themed watch band tonight, but uh, I will start rocking more golf-themed livery things as I slowly fall in love with that but anyway uh last week and lastly uh one car per week is not enough so i have negotiated uh the sale of a nc miata to my brother and hopefully tomorrow we will be picking it up in uh western pennsylvania cool cool i saw that on the slack channel i also posted a link up there to the grm somebody was giving away a bunch of na miata stuff in eastern pennsylvania it doesn't matter. Hopefully in a week or two, I won't own an NA. Well, you don't really own it now, do you? That's true, yeah. Well, wait, 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 wait. What happens, what's happening to oh, the Miracle I, Miata? There is no reason to have a rusty, effed up Miata that barely runs when you have a new Miata to play with. So, <laughs> Miracle will, Miracle the Miata will go away. I, I, th- I thought your dad was just going to drive it until it dies. In no, the he doesn't barons. drive it now because it's it, we uh, as we established, we, we went too far down the track rat and it is no longer a comfortable driver. So yeah. at all, at all. No. So mental, uh, what are you doing? What's what are you working on other than getting us really cool guests? <laughs> ben, I we got all of the final lumber to finally finish the, the last bit of the roof trim. And uh, as I started to stain it, um, Vicky looked at it and said, oof, way too dark. So we're going to redo part of that. And she found a stain she likes better. So Amazon will have that here in a couple of days. I picked up my 914 engine, which is not really a 914 engine. It's a, it's a type four engine, which is similar that Corey had gotten to put in the 411 that he gave to Steph Schrader, which then blew up so that Donnie could ship an engine to her so that then Charles, her mechanic, could ship that engine to me. And it's now in my garage, unpacked, ready to go up on an engine stand. I need uh, specific bolts to put on the engine stand. And also I, I bought another engine stand, and so I have two because that one's going to be on the engine stand for a while. I got new wheels for the uh, Toyota. They were just a, a bargain on Facebook Marketplace, and I had to pick them up. So I spent uh, a week or so looking for a, a cheap fender roller on Facebook Marketplace and finally just bought a new one from Eastwood for actually the same price everybody was selling them for. So, yeah. yeah they don't really you, you want break. a fender roller, buy a new one, and then sell it on Facebook for what you paid for it. But, yeah. Cool. John, you don't have to be quiet. You can just go, you're full of crap. I mean, yeah. You- I, yeah, I'm just hanging out over here. Right? Uh, just because we haven't introduced Citroen, you, uh, don't yeah. let that stop you from chiming in. He yeah. said 914 and a motor, and you stayed quiet. So I don't know what's going well, on. Well, I, I didn't realize I've seen your show, and has that 914 deck lid always been behind your head? That, that 914, I, I, uh, not always, but probably for the last couple of years, about okay. a year and a half. I think I've watched your show on a mobile device and it just looked like a green and black thing, you know, in the background because it was too small. But now that I'm here, you know, kind of looking at it on a larger screen, I, I, all right. 
So you're I'm not a so jealous. He got that too. Oh, Declan, that's crazy. Oh, no, no, I dream of Porsches. My maintenance schedule is Japanese. So. <laughs> or and even then, that, yeah. questionable Japanese. Ne- neglect. 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 Yeah, 100% <laughs> neglect. So, uh, Chrissy, we, we in- unintentionally skipped over you. Oh, it's fine. It's weird if Chris asks me what I'm doing. Um, so <laughs> I've. Uh, Chris, uh, Chrissy, what you doing? Uh, we had a lovely weekend away. Not much work. Chris will talk about the car work and the housework that he did uh, headed out soon again. So summer means we should not be in the house anymore. And it's way too crazy hot here. Uh, so I'm we're getting out. Chris, you've done more car work than I have recently. What have you been up to? I've done some Corvette work. We are continuing the, the resurrection of this, this 1984 Corvette and uh, got the interior mostly back together. It's much better than it used to be, which is great. I've also now tonight been siphoning 20-year-old gas out of it. That's been really, really fun. Everyone loves the smell of 20-year-old fuel. Uh, So that's good. Uh, In the process of doing that, I broke the filler neck sending unit thing because, you know, it's it's on there with a seal and a plate. And so I just tried, I kind of wasn't coming up. So I tried to lever it off. And sure enough, that the part that you screw the gas cap in just snapped off. So that was really on their security. No, it's metal. Oh. It, uh, that's just, how we make them. Yep. It, uh, it, it didn't last so well. So that's in my rock auto cart right now. Um, what else have I been doing? Oh, we went to the Cape. I built a deck on the side of the house. There was a little, little kind of landing off the side of the kitchen and that was falling off the house. So I proceeded to remove it by grabbing hold and pulling. And it came <laughs> <out>. <laughs> and, uh, this was going to be a beautiful, perfect beach day weekend. Wasn't it? No, oh, we, which is no. why we built the deck. Well, then, then it you rained. built it in the rain. While <laughs> like I'm building active the deck. Active rain. Yes. Yep. I see, I get kid of the year for building a deck in the rain on the side of the house. Anyway, that's done. Um, yeah. I think that's about it. That's a lot of work. Boating. Yeah. That's satisfying though. You know, you spend a day and a half making something and there it is. It's nice. You can do a little dance on it. And you're and I, would, I would argue it's better to build the deck in the rain than in the sun. Because then you're like, I wish this was done so I could lay out in the sun. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Great. Um, well, hey, you, you've heard his voice here. Ed Voice belongs to John Polnick, co-host of Bid Nerds, as well as the Def Fascination channel and podcasts on YouTube and the Porsche Road Trip on Pluto TV. John, what you working on? How's it going, guys? Well, you know, Jeff, I got to go back to that deck lid. I'm yes. just enamored by the by the 914 deck lid over your shoulder. Is that oh. Delphi green? It, it, according it... to uh, Bradley Brownell, when he was a guest, I asked him what color it was, and he said okay. yes, Delphi green. Yeah, he would know. All right, good. Uh, yeah, it's hard to yeah, again. I'm just geeking out on those green colors, man. You get like if it were Ravenna green. Woo! Oh no, I had a Ravenna green, so I actually resurrected four deck lids out of a garage that a friend of mine was cleaning out and a bunch of other parts, 914 parts. And uh, I gave all the ones that had value to a friend of ours, uh, Eric, the 914 lover, who is out there. DJ 914. DJ 914. And Mm. uh, he was going to pass on all of the good ones to his friends. And he hung up the Ravana green, which I think was an early one because it even had like, like the dark gold lettering. He hung that up at his oh, house. Okay. I was like, <laughs> <"What?"> <laughs> no, I wanted that one, but it's okay. It's okay. 
Yeah, but does he have a podcast? Does he does he have it as a backdrop in his you know in a program? See, you win. There you yes. go. Plus and, one. Uh, and uh, the GT three poster here. I got that at a car show from a lady. I can't see the GT three poster because okay. my because my uh, this gizmo my I, th- that's where I am. The way this thing is configured, I don't know. I can't see what the like you guys. It's are okay. I, I was. That's joking. all right. It's all good in the hood. Um, yeah, man. What am I working on? I, you know, I. I don't have um, a pile of cars uh, working. I used to a lot more have, you know, have cars that were always in disrepair, Uh, but I live in a high rise now. So I have very limited parking. So if I'm going to leave a car somewhere, uh, I have to pay for it. Um, I do have a very weird car right now that I'm, that's been taking way too long to get done. I have a 1965 Porsche 356 B convertible wait for replica um if you know anything about the 356 porsche replica scene they're always 356 a's 90 percent of them are speedsters occasionally you'll see a replica um a replica coupe that's pretty rare but that's a thing um apparently back in the 80s um uh beck and and Vimo, a company out of Brazil, teamed up and they made a limited run of 356B model uh, convertibles and coupes. They made like, I don't know, 100 coupes and 30 convertibles. Uh, so they hardly made any of these things, but they were actually endorsed by Porsche. Porsche dealerships in Germany were able to sell them on the lot like Porsche said it's okay for them to sell them there uh and Vimo is a company out of Brazil that was making military vehicles it's like uh and Vimo is some kind of acronym I can't remember what what it stands for but they were making amphibious vehicles and and all kinds of like crazy desert tanks and stuff like that for both Iraq and Iran uh and they were selling <laughs> to both sides so they could blow each other's cars up um that's so, a brilliant yeah. market to corner right, right there. So yeah. they made a bunch of money. They had so much money. They're like, let's make some fake Porsches too. And uh, since they had, so that's what they did. And um, I discovered this car uh, in a garage. This car kind of found me. Um, it was uh, the the woman who I bought it from. Uh, she bought it brand well, not brand new. I think she bought it uh, from the first owner. Uh, back in 1986, she was 16 years old. It was her first car, and she drove it to for for years she drove it till 2001 when uh she parked it in the garage and she got pregnant and her and her new husband uh they decided to remodel the house and the car was literally buried under remodeling stuff her husband was not a car guy at all he could care less when they bought a new house just a few months ago uh they wanted to rent out their old house so they had to clean it out and as they were cleaning out the garage they remembered they they uncovered oh, oh, oh yeah that's right we have a porsche in there we had a car yeah exactly and you know obviously it's not a real porsche but even the replicas are worth quite a bit of money and especially odd ones like this um so it was kind of a weird thing for me to buy it was in, pretty you know so let's call it a patina car um and one of the things <laughs> you know it's uh it had the, the windshield was if, smashed, if you've but, got a yeah. picture on your computer i don't know if you what your uh, configuration you, we, we could do the share screen thing but um sorry yeah, I don't I kill can, you. yeah you know what i don't know if i have one handy actually I haven't we, we fully expect jeff yeah. to actually if he ever cleans out his garage to find a car or two it might be possible right yeah so 
Yeah, so that's what I'm working on. Uh, we're trying to get the windshield in it because we were lucky enough to find glass, but apparently the seal around the glass doesn't work with the original one. So we're just like, I don't know how the hell we're going to get this windshield in the car. Maybe well, one I, of you guys can help me out. Yeah, well, I, I know everyone on your podcast calls you JP. Should we, should we, and that's what you put on the little screen I, I, there. Either one is fine. Yeah. All right. I, yeah. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> JP, don't hold your tongue. We expect you to uh, feel free to chime in on any of the stories that you care about as we enter the next segment of the show. All news right. and notes. On the subject of celebrations, 118 years ago, George Wyman, not the one that designed the building in L.A., but a completely different one, completed the first motorized transcontinental crossing. He did it on a motorcycle. 51 days it took him to cover the 3,800 miles from San Francisco in a 1980-02 California. It was a bicycle frame that he had put a four-stroke motor on, too. It literally broke down 150 miles out and he had to pedal it the remaining distance, still finishing 20 days ahead of Dr. Horatio Nelson Jackson, who was the first person to cross the continent by automobile. And a link to that story in Haggerty is in our show notes. I don't know if that counts as crossing in a motor vehicle. If you pedaled, <laughs> oh. he was still 3, on the motor vehicle. Yeah, yeah, he was still on the motor vehicle. If you pedaled 3,650 miles of the 3,800 miles, you rode a bike. <laughs> okay, moving on. Yeah. Caleb, <laughs> Caleb Jacob over at The Drive let us know that General Motors is out of the CD business in passenger vehicles. CDs, if you don't know that they are uh, an old storage device where I added this, old people uh, used uh, to listen to music on because anybody that knows and listens to CDs are old. Uh, obviously, <laughs> digital music was killed that uh, killed that industry. Because Best Buy quit selling them to all together in 2018. GM only had a CD player available in the Chevy Express and GMC Savannah vans as, uh, as of 2022. Uh, that will not be an option. CD players pulled from the Tahoe Suburban, Yukon, Escalade, and that's all for that medium. I'm looking at my desk for my CDs. You probably have some. You. Yes, they're very They hard. still have Redbox uh, in grocery stores. How is that possible? How do people play them? I've seen right, people buy, what... get things from them. I completely agree. They keep them outside of the 7-Eleven. You go in there, you get a six-pack, a microwave burrito, and a red box. You know, that's that's $20 worth of entertainment. You're good to go. I mean, how many movies? They, I mean, how many times can you watch Night at the Roxbury? I mean, it's like, what is in the box? I don't like there's Titanic nothing... <laughs> or right? like uh, old. If you're movies. so old, old that you movies. have to rent a DVD, I, 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 are you even familiar with any of the new films? Do you even want to watch any of those? Do they have you're not going to I mean, I, I don't get it. I don't know. I guess you could play it in your your Tahoe with the flip down DVD uh, screen. I for the have a flip down DVD those. screen in my <laughs> Nissan so Titan. So. I think we have um, SpongeBob's Christmas stuck in ours, actually. Yes. <laughs> and I think you still have. Uh, I think you still have that the the B movie in Snowflake that I left in there. Uh, oh Chris God, may have rescued that one. Yeah, no, no, he rescued all the CDs out of that. But uh, it was. Yeah. Uh, I just heard the tagline: "Stunt Rock." That's what it is. Stunt Rock. It's a. It's a death wish at 120 decibels. <laughs> Oh my! Because hey, my parents is... want to watch that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, this is a uh, hot off the presses. Just announced uh, this afternoon via email. American Endurance Racing is adding a new class with metrics. Uh, according to the email, most of the teams that race with AER have expressed support 
for our performance-based classing. And for the majority of teams, we will continue to clash your cars as we always have, which for those of you who have never met, been to an AER race, you basically qualify into a, you know, class one, two, three, or four based on how fast you do laps. Uh, but according to John, at the same time, we are striving to create a fixed target for those teams who want to build or already have built a car to a specific power to rate weight ratio, which as we know is the method that is used by world racing league. So I don't know if they're trying to get in on their muscle, but starting in the 2022 season, they create a class called class a it will require a power to weight ratio of 9.0 to 10.5 pounds per half horsepower. There will also be aero brake suspension modifiers and fuel cell specifications. Uh, interesting. They invited people to join a discussion group so they can work out all the rules. And then at the end of the email, they said, at the same time, we will no longer be accepting any cars with a power to rate weight ratio less than nine pounds per horsepower. That's 333 horsepower in a 3,000 pound car. 266 in a 2400 power car so that would eliminate basically the miatas uh most of the four-cylinder bmws probably e30s right chris no it's the other way around they're not accepting cars they're faster than that oh mm-hmm. faster <clears throat> like the, than that oh, yeah, so the ferrari like challenge the ferrari cars, challenge cars and the corvettes and, and, the, and, and the, yeah the c5r and the yeah, um this so this seems to be the way they're limiting speed creep of the really fast cars that would blow the miata's doors off is yeah that and, like, and so, the uh the the nanomakers were bringing the damn caimans their imsa caimans out and stuff so yeah well so, yeah. then i wholeheartedly agree with his uh discussion here you're all like upset about i know i was yeah but just as perspective the, the, the that's about where the z is pretty much like l- not quite there but getting close and the civics was there so yeah yeah Yep, pretty much. Alrighty. Recent results. Or upcoming races. Oh, okay. Upcoming races. We hey, we're celebrating the freedom hangover and no one was racing last weekend. But next week we're gonna have pre race coverage from AER, Lucky Dog, Champ Car, and WRL. Busy weekend. It's gonna be a lot. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, all right, recent re- results. Uh, we don't have any. Um, here's hoping that you all had a safe and ha- a happy holiday weekend. Uh, on the upside, less than a dozen Philadelphia residents chased a group of around 200 fascists for, who had been driven down a downtown Philly um, in a group of rider trucks. But a small group of the of locals almost immediately chased them out of town. Video is actually funny and sad. But Jeff said on the Apex adjacent podcast, do not invoke or provoke gritty. Yes. If you can't order a Wawa hoagie, you don't, and you don't know what WizWit is, you do not know the Pandora's box you're opening. Yeah, it was actually pretty funny. A, a, it was a group that was from the Virginia. No, they're uh, Texas. I thought it was Texas. No, no, they were from Texas, but they were they were born out of the Unite the Right rally in Virginia. So they had on like khakis and blue shirts and white masks, and people were like, "Get the fuck out of Philly now!" It wasn't even like it, it literally was like ten guys. Yeah, oh, it was great. It was, it was, it was awesome. Hey, hey, Philly's I'm sorry. the place for this. This is Philly. Yeah, yeah throw batteries at Santa, and there's that. Like, it, happened. Yeah. it happened once. And there was that like like that robot that, that was just kind of traveling its way around the country. Yeah, it got the shit kicked out of it in Philly. <laughs> <laughs> That's, 
<laughs> and and then the uh, riot when you won the Super Bowl. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, listener feedback time. On our cage building part two, we have to thank Cam Lopez. We have actually got a whole bunch of plans. I don't know if you guys have checked our email. Uh, we've got a lollipop pool. So if you have a pool pole, you can now make a lollipop for your uh, pit. You can hold it out so your guys are coming in. They know where they're going to stop. We've got oh, center fun. marker tools for m- marking your tubing. We've got a bend tool for a bender with a six inch bend radius and a top and bottom clamp for a 1.75 inch tube, which it allows you to put that, uh, the dial, the, on it to make sure that you are, as you are bending different directions, you're still keeping it level or putting an angle, whatever you right. need. He sent so many cool pictures. Around. He posted them to, to, wow. our, yeah, our he's, Cam's, Cam's Facebook. legit. The, uh, yep. you get a chance. He's one of the, um, uh, battle scarred racing guys and, Really, really, really smart and uh, really fun to talk to. Hamsa, if you're like, listening, we will send you the Jim files. Too. Yeah, Jim, get <laughs> yeah, them cut. Hey, Jim, yeah. Yep. Uh, Michael K. also talked to us about some constructor tips on building these cages. He said, Jeff, you're mistaken. Me, I'm mistaken. Uh, you, the only reason I said the only reason you use a plinth box is when you have a, a plinth box is when you have an irregular floor. He says that's one of the three good methods for allowing you to weld the top of your hoop halo without cutting holes in your roof. And they've used them every single cage. They weld the sprouter plate, goes under the plinth box, and then they build the box. They weld it. They slide the plinth box out of place, drop the hoop down, weld the top, put it back up, jam the plinth box in. And uh, yeah, we cut a hole in the floor and it does the same exact thing and is a lot easier. So I'm sticking to my method. There's nothing wrong with plinth boxes. No, no. It's actually a good method. We just like ours better. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Daniel Torres asked, hey, what are your preferred tools to bend your pipe and pipe size? Uh, we have a JD squared model three bender. I think it's what it is. It's, it's very old. But still I, works. I think it's a, well, I think it's a model three, but if you call them and ask for a model three, they have replaced a lot of the parts. So there's like a different version of the model three. It's an older it's like version. A, older like version. Two and three quarters. They say, does it have a, the end of the stick? Looks this little square. And I was like, you know, the one I'm talking about. Yeah. We haven't seen one of those in years. Um, Pipe size we usually use is inch and three quarters because either we're building heavy cars and we need the thick wall stuff, or even if we're building the smaller, lighter cars, the inch and three quarter 095 wall is lighter weight than the inch and a half 120 wall. So might as well. We'll just use that stuff. There you go. Okay. Yep. Carlton Schmidt uh, had an artsy solution to the smaller bits of leftover tubing. My scrap metal and offcuts get tacked onto Kid Curry. Curry lives on a high shelf in the corner of my shop. He's growing. That's a fun idea. I, I'm imagining just a stack of random tubes that you looks like stick an alien. To the side and yeah, that's how we, we need know, like, a picture back, of that. Carlton, like send every, us a picture. Every muffler shop back in the '70s always had the muffler man, you know, out front. Uh, Thomas, thanks for giving us a bit of a hard time mentioning his Gingerman race experience, as we did. Quote: Leave out the best part. Our theme, the Fisher Price chatter phone looks great, and the dampened return on the dial, which took up the entire hood, worked perfectly. I suspect there will be video of it at the Gingerman wrap up when that comes out. I guarantee it. Yeah, excellent. And Randy B had some more to point out about Gingerman. He said it turned out to be Lemon's Eye Racing domination. Stank got a trophy. The Hessers got a trophy. And Randy's, Randy actually tried the whole racing thing, and it didn't suck at all. He says, Gingerman always has iffy weather, but the people in the party make it some of the best weekends of the year. 
And speaking now, of Jeff is yeah, show. Jeff is throwing a story in there because he doesn't. Oh. No, I, I didn't throw that story in there. I don't know where it came from. That oh, would okay. be me. Oh, excellent! There Great. Right. There you go. Oh, good. <laughs> Sorry, John. Go, go for it. Go oh, for it, John. It, well, can you? I don't know if you guys can bring up that link, but um, you know, you guys are vet guys. You guys are well. Midwesterners <laughs> and everything like that. I, there's there's a None story above, here that okay. I just saw in Jalopnik where uh, a C8 crashes into a pool. And this is kind of a sad story. Um, it, you know, two people died in this accident as they crashed into someone's pool. But the takeaway from this is. Three people were in the C8. That, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. How? A C8 carrying three people crashes into someone's backyard, goes into the pool. Two people die. But wait a minute. There was three people in the car. How does that I work bet, exactly? I bet we I'm can guess. You Corvette guys. Well, How does that work? A, not Corvette guys. Just happened to be <laughs> given, been given a Corvette. Me, me too. So, Don't not forget. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of us. I mean, honestly, those what's cars. the difference here? I mean, it's like uh, right. how else do you? Oh, get you got it. I got it. One being given to you. That's true. <laughs> Pictures um, are deciding not to come up on mine. Oh, oh mine came up. up. I can it. share screen. Here it comes. Um, what was your second option? It was two eighteen in the morning. So I'm sure they weren't sober. Oh, okay. There it is. Yep. And I, I know that we have all owned two seat cars, and I definitely have had more than one passenger at the time, especially in my younger days, if they were. Of the feminine while. Go ahead. Yeah. Sure. Say it. I know you're sure. married. Svelte. Yeah. If they were svelte. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, 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 that would take some doing in one of those. Cause I mean, the cockpit is just not very big and it's got that big center console. I don't know. I, I thought one of you guys might have some uh, insight. Enough, on that. enough motivation. Share, but uh, yeah, there's true. Yeah, or, <laughs> I, I've, I've ridden in the hatch. <laughs> Two in the in morning. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. an old vet, I could see that actually happen. Yeah. Cause the, I oh, grew yeah. up a C4. Yeah. When I was a kid, the neighbor girl, the hot chick, uh, the high school girl, her dad gave her a C4, and that's where I rode. I got to ride in the back, but at least I was in the vet, right? But the mid-engine Corvette thing, how does that work? I don't... I see you guys got lucked out. Someone's on someone's lap. The question is whether or not they were on the driver's lap or the passenger's lap. Yes. Uh, And if they were... If they were on the lap, were they a cushion in this? Did they save the other person? Or is... yeah, that's a good. Oh, yeah, did no. they yeah, become the died? airbag? People <laughs> yeah, in the seat, right. or the people not in the seat? Yeah, yeah. Or they, is this oh, the they... latest? Is this the latest version of planking? Uh, you know, is this like because I'm old, I don't know what the internet kids do, and they always have some kind of thing. So is it like now go out and get a bad American car and uh, die in it? I don't know. I don't know where that was going. They now, were but... they were they were all ejected. So even if there was one of the cushions. They just, yeah. yeah so, so, so they weren't belted in, and clearly mm-hmm. the roof was off. So, yeah. still oh. better than drinking Tide Pods or eating Tide yes. Pods or whatever <laughs> it is that you do with Tide Pods. Uh, yeah. I think this is definitely a better trend. Um, but I'm just saying, I don't know. Again, I, I don't, I don't know what you people do in the Midwest. What are, somebody's gonna have to explain. <laughs> they're not Midwest. We're, we're, they're, we're, no, we're Jersey and Pennsylvania. They're all, they're so. all from Philly. where your wife, your wife is from. They're all, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I was born in New Jersey, so there you go. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know if that's yet. Right. They're all Sorry. Eastern yeah. PA area folks. So yeah. All Philly. Now at least. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So. Uh, JP, do you, do you do any uh, fake racing? You do any uh, any anything on the simulators? 
Now, I'm not much of an actual race car racer person. I, I, I love being on the track. I'll do DE days and stuff like that. Um, but uh, but I, I love the idea of going out and doing this lemons thing. That just looks like so much fun. Oh, well, we, we will take care of that for you. Uh, so when the Rona hit, we all jumped on our computers and started practicing on the Internet. And we had the season ender of the lemons race. Who's going to cover it? So race one, no pedal, no wheel. So one of the things they came up with is you can't use an actual pedal or wheel controller. And we've had all kinds of interesting stuff. A pickle. Uh, one guy tried at least four times to get his dog going. Uh, keyboards, a lot of flight controls. And then uh, Tyler Stank also had his going by playing different tones on his French horn. Oh, and there uh, was the um, the bongo. They used oh, the to, somebody used to play left. the, um, the uh, Kong bongo. Yes. And yeah. then we had the, uh, we had the Mr. Beans, a lot of Mr. Bean versions and a butter churn. So that was, uh, but this one was actually fairly regular. It was uh, at some point uh, that was always a good one. And then two, they took all of, it was supposed to be all the rally cars for the Jacques Villeneuve 20 minute race. Everyone went with Beatles. So it was all Beatles also uh, damage turned on hilarious the last one banger cross now, i had to leave but jeff you were watching the banger cross with the dirt track camaros on that rally cross course at phoenix yeah it was that was fun a lot of a uh, lot of crashing a lot of flipping around on that one and, and uh then- for the for the first two races we randomly picked a number and uh, uh all smith won both of them yeah, yes. So in the last race, they actually had all of the MX-5 Miatas on the iRacing Super Speedway in the dark, which has no lights. So that was fantastic. It was it was a very, very, I'm sure the YouTube audience loved watching a black screen and little lights go around. But so that means the commentary had to be good. It, it left plenty of room for dick and fart jokes. I will. <laughs> all right. As we said that we uh, do pedal, no pedal, or we do pedal and wheel racing. Uh, we host a Monday night E1R race with uh, anybody who listens here and wants to show up uh, this week. We, and we do it on Monday nights, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern and 10 p.m. Eastern. We turned on damage, turned the damage off and took Formula V's onto Phoenix Rallycross for the, for all, just for all the laughs. Uh, and then over to Daytona for America, all American cars, vets, caddies, NASCARs at legendary, uh, legacy Daytona. The aliens won both, but we, everybody had a blast and lemons eye racing might be on hiatus, but we race every Monday night. If you got a dumb idea for a race, get a hold of us on our Basically media. Monday afternoon, we all say, what are we doing tonight? So <laughs> join in. Facts. Yeah, if you got something you want to do. Hey, you know who never outbids me for a 911 on all of the major car sites? Not 911. Oh, I think you're wrong. I think she outbids you on every 911. <laughs> Not 911s. Okay, what would she bid on? Coffee pots. Oh, coffee pots. <laughs> you guys, coffee pots on eBay. We're going to talk right. about Very bidding. Good at it. So if you have coffee pots, hi to Chrissy's mom. I hope you're getting fantastic coffee pots. She is the very first listener, JP. So that's why we always say hi to her. And also, if you, uh, when you come to one of these lemons races, we'll make sure that you get access to the, uh, they are, it's not a joke anymore. They are actually used as currency. Chrissy's mom makes cookies sometimes for the entire uh, staff and paddock. And uh, they are so good. And strangers come by and say, I'm, May I, may I please have one of Chrissy's mom's cookies? <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get on you sound good. to the main topic. The main topic time we already mentioned, it's John Polnick. 
uh, Porsche road trip, car gatherings, bid nerds. He's got a he's got a, a YouTube channel, a, a TV show. He's got everything. He's and a filmmaker, a, and he's dying a little bit inside being on this podcast. I was going to say his podcast looks <laughs> way better than ours because we started as audio only, and I'll figure out how he does all those things. Um, he's even got a better picture of a Porsche behind him than I do. So, uh, John, welcome. To the Thanks, guys. Racers podcast. You have an actual Porsche part back there. That's just a picture of one. Um, sure. Yeah. No. Thanks for the. Uh, thanks for the intro. No. You guys have more followers, or probably nobody listens to us because we don't know what we're talking about. We do a podcast um, pretty much every weekday, uh, Monday through Friday. Well, sometimes Monday through Thursday, depending. But uh, think of it as um, prices right with uh, with cars. We whittle down the most interesting cars of the day on bring a trailer, P car market, rad for sale, cars and bids, whatever auto enthusiast auction sites happen to be up at the time. We, we whittle it down to the most interesting ones. And then we make predictions of what we think they will sell for. Um, and uh, we're always, always wrong. I mean, we just clearly don't know <laughs> what we're doing. Um, we've been doing it for months now and we haven't gotten any better and it's not getting any easier because prices are just crazy out Pr- there. In prices the are insane. Yeah, if you've been paying any attention, you know that it's not getting, uh, it's not settling down. It just gets more and more bonkers every single day. And uh, but the game is a lot of fun. A lot of times, it's just my partner and I, Michael Deeb, uh, and we bring on uh, guests fairly regularly. Uh, the lovely and talented Chrissy will be uh, coming on, I believe, tomorrow. So there's a plug. Oh, we've got, we've got one hey. of the everyone racers coming on tomorrow. Um, and honestly, think- you, you 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 grab the smartest one. Well, you know, uh, I mean, not smart, just a follower. So I don't know that I'll do any better, though. So I'm sure you'll wipe the floor with us. Most of our guests do. And uh, one thing about all the guests that we've ever had is they just blow up my phone uh, afterwards because the game is very addictive. We the, oh, the way it works is we'll a pick doubt. a car. Uh, D will talk about it. Then I'll give some useless information about it. Then he'll give his bid and I'll guess over under. And uh, yeah, it's just it's terribly terribly she, she's definitely. been doing this for she's been doing it for years just i, just, yeah. I don't i don't like play with anybody though like i just i'm like <laughs> oh my gosh look how much this car sold for and i'm like oh every day i show chris the car just about every day and say can i have this one have you chrissy cars. or uh, yeah. Have any of you guys been watching Bring a Trailer as far back as before they were doing auctions? Do oh, you guys absolutely. When it was absolutely. just an email. Yeah. Or we've, oh. we've sold two cars on there, too, including way back before it was auctions when it was just barely a classified site that they were taking their own ads. We sold our 69 Rolls Royce Silver Shadow race car. Wow. On there. wow. Back when you actually had to bring a trailer because half of it didn't run. <laughs> Not, yeah. Half yeah. the stuff on that, which is you know, right up my alley. Ooh, garbage yeah. car. Yeah. <laughs> well that was the thing about bringing trailers it started off as kind of even when they started with the auctions it used to be the the place to get a deal on on an obscure car that you're looking for and that has completely changed um now it is the place where you find the car that you want and you're just going to pay for it if there's something that you want if there's that obscure thing or that you know you're going to find it on bring a trailer or maybe one of the other auction sites but bring a trailer in particular is the juggernaut and uh, you are not getting a deal on that uh, on that platform. They have all the eyeballs. Everyone who's looking for a car is on there regularly. And, you know, we were constantly watching it. Every, I mean, I, just about so many. If you're a car guy, just about every car guy I know 
like you, Chrissy. Hey, did you see this one? You know, how many times have you seen someone post something on a social site? And that's where the idea came from. It's like, well, geez, you know, coming up with podcast ideas and how many different automotive podcasts are there uh, nowadays? And you watch every one of them and everyone's kind of struggling to come up with things to talk about and content. Um, and this is just one of those concepts that was like, well, you know what? We never have to come up with something to talk about. There's always hundreds of cars uh, that are going to close an auction on any given day. Even if we didn't select, we take a lot of time selecting the cars that we, that we think are the most interesting cars, but really we could just, you know, you could throw put them on, put it. Yeah. You throw a dart at <laughs> one. Okay. Dart. What's this car going to do? Exactly. So it, it really, it just makes it easy for us to just turn the computer on. Here's five cars, make some predictions. We have a bunch of useless information about just about every car that we talk about because we're full of that just worthless stuff. And Hey, here's something we can actually do with that useless information. Finally. Well, and actually that's what I'm going to bring up next is because we're going to talk about the show in just a minute, but we're going to do a little bit more into your background here. Uh, I watched the show. I've been watching three or four episodes a day, trying to catch up so I can start watching <laughs> well, them live. Cause I've, that's why our views have doubled. One guy going back and watching the old ones. Um, yeah, all right. I did watch Jay Lamb live and nice. the, 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 the amazing things that you all know specifically about Porsches, but just about everything else. Like, how did you get this knowledge? What's your background? You, I know you mentioned once that you were a, a lot lizard in your teenage years and worked for some, including a Peugeot. You drove, you worked at a place that sold Peugeots. Yeah. That, brand new Peugeots. Right yeah, up they, our they... alley. So <laughs> what, what, what's uh... your background with cars? How did you get all this fascination with nine 11s and where did you get all this great knowledge uh well thank you i don't know if it's great but i people ask me all the time you know being a car enthusiast what i I just tell them look don't do it just take up heroin or crack in the long run it's going to be way cheaper if you get into porsches young it's just gonna i mean it's just gonna be ruinous for you financially um and it's going to ruin relationships it's it's just everything about your life is going to be destroyed if you get into this thing but once you do uh i don't know i just i'm a dork you know and i remember i literally have a memory probably five years old or something i grew up and and the neighbor uh the neighbor kid's mom had a Mexico blue 914. I didn't know what a 914 was. I didn't know what Mexico blue was. I didn't, I, I have no idea what engine it had in it, but I just remember looking at that car being this little kid. And I went and talked to my friend and like, wow, what is that? And he said, that's a Porsche and it goes a hundred miles an hour. And I was like, <laughs> no way, nothing can go that fast. You're out of your mind. Um, and then, you know, I don't know uh, what I do some math, but uh, 15 years later uh, I got my first Porsche and it was a 914. Um, and I, I, I obviously growing up as a kid, everybody, if you wind up being in Porsches, I mean, you wind up seeing them on a TV show or a movie. I was, I didn't grow up in an area where they were very common. And 914 was about the only thing you saw. Um, you know, I was in a very rural place. Uh, but, uh, you know, you know, the brand, you know, the mark, you know, that it, it's, you know, Ooh, fancy, you got a Porsche and the first Porsche I bought, I bought because it said Porsche on it. It was super cheap. It was a 73, 914. It was at this stupid little pot lot, um, on a, you know, bad Potter town and this just grimy little car dealership. And I saw it and I was like, uh, wow, the top comes off of that. It says Porsche I'm in. 
Um, and I, you know, I paid the guy in that car. I, you know, it was, it was such, you know, had, had rust in the hell hole, had all the typical 914 problems, but the roof came off and it said Porsche and I just wanted to pick up girls and it worked. But then after driving it for a while and going, Oh wait, I think I understand why people like these so much. And that was the worst one. Uh, so the other ones have to be way better. Eric, Eric. Relax. I had, he didn't had, mean it. <laughs> 914s are okay, Eric. I had two 924s. Mm. Yeah. Not even, I, 914s not even close to the worst one. Sure. <laughs> well, I mean, a nine, yeah, any of the early 924s, for sure, I, I absolutely agree. And the 914s, uh, I, I don't actually believe that they're the worst one, but the one I had was the worst one. Yeah, it was yeah, the, you I know, understand. It, it was not a good uh, example. Um, but that, you know, so I, had, I figured I had to go up from there. And, and were you graduating from the Scirocco? Uh, yes, as a matter of fact, I don't know if, if that's something you just guessed or if you're a watcher of the show. I, I'm um, a watcher of the show and wanted to mention it because Chrissy is still scarred from her Volkswagen experiences. Well, so. yeah, but I, I actually tough, he mentioned that on uh, on the Porsche road trip, which everyone should yeah. watch on uh, Pluto. <laughs> and it was one of his road trip rambling bits. And immediately I own two Scirocco's. I had a Mark one and a Mark two. I still, if I could find a clean second generation Scirocco, it's a beautiful car. Yeah. Good luck finding one. You're right. I think think there might've been one on bring a trailer last week. We've seen a handful of them, but we haven't seen a genuinely clean one in like ever. No, you you don't don't see any of them ever. Camisa's garage is the only place that there's a clean second gen Scirocco these days. Yeah. Yeah. The, look, the Scirocco, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the second gen. That's always what I was. Uh, my first Scirocco uh, in, in high school, I saved up a bunch of money. Um, and then uh, I graduated, I got it like just before I graduated high school. And then we were moving out of the house that I grew up in and on my way uh, to go to the apartment uh, that I was moving into. Um, I, long story, but I crashed it. Totally <gasps> gone. You know, I didn't have the car for more than two weeks. Um, this person was delivering newspapers. I, again, I lived in a rural area, so it's three in the morning. I have all my stuff. Everything that I own is this, you know, 17-year-old kid. And I'm in this car, and I'm super excited. This thing may as well have been a Lamborghini to me because I was so excited about that car. Um, and as I came over the crest of the hill, there was a car in my lane uh, because the car was basically delivering newspapers on the opposite side of the road oh, yeah, so yeah, they yeah, could yeah. do it out of the driver's like a postal side deal, yeah. yeah but it wasn't a postal yeah so it was like i swerved i lost control and totaled the thing um and then the next Scirocco i got um i it was was dumb luck there was a kid in high school ted rieger if you're out there i uh, i've told the story before <laughs> and he hasn't found me and beaten me up but uh ted i coveted his car his was a black 82 that's the first year of the second gen Scirocco. It was lowered. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, had the, and it had Ronald R9 wheels, all black, uh, with the houndstooth cloth interior, had a Drake 426 cam and it had a strut tower. I mean, this car was like, it had, had even had the Zender, uh, the Zender front splitter. Didn't have the full body kit, but it was, this car was so badass. I wanted that car in high school so badly. Um, I wrecked my Scirocco. I had my summer job before I started school. Um, in the fall and I was just like hating life because I was in this piece of crap Dodge Colt with a bashed in driver's side you had to get in on the passenger side and I drove by the Kmart parking lot and there was Ted Rieger's car I'm like 
with a for sale sign. I'm like, what? So I had to stop and look at it. And they wanted all the money at the time. It's like, oh, I, I don't have but I was I was washing Peugeot's like you guys uh, caught on my story. So uh, I reached out to the lady or I, I called the number expecting to get Ted Rieger. And I got this lady and she's like, yeah, uh, I'll come and meet you. And she came out. And it was Ted Rieger's mom. And I'm like, well, isn't this Ted's car? She's like, oh, you know my son? I'm like, yeah. Um, you know, he was a dick. Uh, but I didn't say that. Um, <laughs> He's a lovely, but, uh, lovely young man. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm like, why is he selling his car? And she's like, well, He's not selling his car. I'm selling his car. He's, um, well, he wasn't quite in juvie, but he got caught stealing ninjas and hurricanes. Him and his buddy were stealing crotch rockets, throwing them in the back of the truck and, and taking them for joyride. So, yeah, he was in big trouble. Mom's like, yeah, no, I guess that's why we didn't see you at graduation, Ted Rieger. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so I had hardly any money, but it was all the money I had. I said, hey, I've got $1,700 and they were asking like $7,000 for Ted Rieger's car. And she's like, okay. I'm like, Whoa. what? What? Woman score. It was like, it was like winning the lottery for me. So I bought that car. Uh, and yes, I oh, love, she, love, love, love. Well, and, and clearly though, she, she was encouraging, you know what? People should have jobs and responsibility and respect. Other I was a good property. kid. You know, I told yeah. her my story about, you know, saving up for a, you know, two years for the other one and wrecking it. And she just, you know, and I was like, I actually graduated and yeah, there it was. So. <laughs> uh, Chrissy, you got to follow hurricane. up on this one? Yeah. What draws you to Porsche? Well, we talked about what draws you to Porsches a little well, bit. I mean, yeah. I mean, sure. I mean, once you get into a Porsche, if you've ever driven one, right? It's it's like you don't know until you know until you've driven them. I, the thing I get asked to speak a lot of times at events or like PCA events and stuff like that. And there's nothing worse than a PCA event. Uh, you've got you know droves of ple- pleated pants dudes that are unless it's like a Corvette meet. It, yeah, 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 that might that's probably rivals it. Um, not yeah. So the, you sit you're in front of a couple hundred people at some event, and I always tell everyone whenever I get a chance to speak in front of those people, I'm always like, look, if you if there's a young person in your life, if there's a young person that shows interest in the car. Um, you know, and they ask to take a picture of it or they want to sit in it or something like that. Of course, say yes, but take it another step further. If they have a driver's license, let them drive the car. Let them <laughs> drive the car. Stop being so goddamn precious. My, not my flab chow. No, right. you, and it, oh. you know, at that point, you got to get the defibrillator out because 30% of the room just falls flat on their face dead. Uh, but the rest of the room is like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, we need to let, because look, the Porsche's. Nobody's going to, everything's going electric. Everything's going autonomous. Uh, if we want to keep this going, you better get another generation that's into it. And luckily Porsche does enjoy a youth culture surrounding the brand, unlike a lot of other cars. And I think it's because unlike higher end, uh, you know, aspirational brands like Ferrari or Lambo, there are no entry level Lambos. There's no getting into a Ferrari cheap. Um, whereas Porsches, there are still opportunities, 914s, there are still, you can still get one inexpensively. There are 924s, there are 944s, transactional cars. There's opportunities for young people. To get Even Boxsters and Caymans are perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Eminently afford- affordable and almost tempted me out of into German car ownership, but it didn't happen. So. 
Well, yeah. And the barrier, the entry isn't always the price of the car. It's the maintenance and, you know, and taking care of the car. Uh, and you're right. I mean, there, there's no way around it. They are not the least expensive things to own, but if you do treat them well, if you find the one that's been treated well, um, it's not as bad as people think. And uh, if you get someone that knows what they're doing and knows their way around these cars, uh, there's bargains to be had and they're, they are, Ultimately, most of them are pretty reliable. There's, you can get a lot of car for not a lot of money. And that, like, you could actually daily drive something like a 944. Um, that is a car that is robust. There's a, it has two little Achilles heels, the timing belt and the water pumps. It's a little expensive to replace and, and update, you know, call it a grand or something like that, which could be all the money in the world for a teenager. But, or you could learn car, to do it yourself because there's or, still 944s in the junkyard. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and uh, that's a car that has air conditioning if you live in a hot climate, you know, or in it's a car that's relatively safe. Um, yeah, I, I, there's still opportunities for young people to get into Porsches, own them and enjoy them and carry them into the next generation. Because uh, once you get one, you'll want another one. They're like those potato chips. You can't have just one, right? I was, I was thinking as you were saying this to let them drive it, but there are not many us youngins these days that can drive a stick so yeah that's that's uh the additional problem you're like oh here you can drive my car and let me teach you to how to drive a stick on it no problem what better car <laughs> to learn to drive a stick in than sure. a porsche uh yes. my friend mauricio uh from the free pedal posse uh he's one of the guys that uh you want a great guy up in the pacific northwest where i'm actually from um he runs a great little organization called the free pedal posse look him up on all the on all the insta webs and stuff um you know he has a stepdaughter she's 13 or no what am i saying she's uh 15 and a half or whatever she got her driver's permit and he is teaching her to drive in a 964 you know he's doing god's work this is yeah. not only do young people need to drive porsches but they need to learn how to use that third pedal uh and you're not gonna hurt it you look, you know, I'm not advocating giving the keys to your Porsche to a teenager and saying, Hey, have fun. Go down to Taco Bell. We'll see you later. That ain't happening. Uh, but you know, being in the car with them, most teenagers are going to be so excited to be on the wheel of a Porsche. They're going to be super respectful. And that is going to be an experience and a moment that they're going to remember for the rest of their life. Even if they don't wind up enjoying being, uh, even if they don't become a car enthusiast, which let's face it, the likelihood of them becoming an enthusiast at that point is pretty high. Um, but even if they don't, it's still going to be something that they're going to remember forever. And how cool is that to give a young person an experience like that? Let them drive your Porsches, people. If you have a Especially Porsche. Especially if they already know how to drive stick. You're just yeah, encouraging. Yeah. yeah, huh. yeah. Woo. You've, yeah, you've put in some work. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, here's your reward. You learn to drive a, uh, a Honda Civic with a manual. Well, here, go drive fill in the blank Porsche. You're going to have a good time. All right. And they're going to tell their friends. Yeah. Flipping topics to bed nerds, which is awesome. Uh, Thank the you. market, but the market, the market's insane as we, we started to talk about a little bit before, but is the yeah. emphasis on auction sites and the huge number of bidding platforms good for lowly car nuts as a whole, or is it just going to drive us all out of the market and we're all not going to be able to sell? No, I think it's great for auto enthusiasm. The fact that these enthusiasts look, eBay has been selling cars since the beginning of eBay, right? That's, you know, mm -hmm. before dinosaurs and stuff. It's not like selling cars 
on an auction site is unique. Um, BAT came up with a little bit different way to do it. For those of you who don't know, uh, bring a trailer. I mean, who doesn't? But it's it's there is a significant difference in the user interface and how you interact with the um, with the auctions. Uh, on eBay, you have that sniping thing that everyone talks about. You, everyone waits to the last second and tries to get their high bid in at the last moment. Right. And that's just so annoying. Who wants to deal with that? With BAT, what they did is they, they really, they were, they kind of, their game changer. They said, all right, high bid adds two minutes. And that way, some of these auctions, we've literally seen them go for hours, literally hours adding two minutes at a time. Um, and <laughs> I think, right. And it, it's insanely entertaining to watch when you see one of these races happen. So what is that it does. Stop that, now? Right? Is it going to stop now? Right. Are we going? Except now? What's going on? Oh, what's oh going God. on? What's going on again? <laughs> you would think if you were watching someone watch one of these auctions that they're watching a hockey game or a sports event and somebody just scored, you're like, oh my God, it made it. You know, and so the battles that happen, it's terrible. It's dramatic, right? And then you add that, uh, you add to that mix, you add comments. Uh, yeah, you the build comments. these communities. Yeah. yeah. So people come in there with their knowledge and they talk about the cars and they ask questions and that creates this whole other aspect of the auction platform that now makes a community and it kind of self-governs. People are dickheads on there a lot of times and people slap dickheads down. They don't, early days there used to be like, um, that car doesn't have the proper use of leverage, you know, whatever. And those, now those people are kind of made fun of. It's like, chill out, dude. We know. Uh, It's cool if you mention something like that, but be productive. I do appreciate that, especially with uh, Bring a Trailer, because they have they've deliberately gone up market, but they mm-hmm. do still like a lot of the sites now that I think they set the standard of you can log on and it's like, are you a buyer or an enthusiast? No, I just like looking at the cars and talking about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, come mm-hmm. on in, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and that community that those conversations consistently help the sellers because a lot of times the sellers don't know answers to some of the questions that people ask. I mean, people get really granular sometimes and you know, they'll ask, Oh, which engine is blah, 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 blah. And someone will just chime in. Oh, that's this. And then, so that kind of saves the seller from having to do it. You get a third party kind of reaffirming certain information. And it also helps the community because you can't get away with BS. If you're trying to pull something, if you've got a piece of crap car and you're trying to cover something up or you're hoping that someone's not going to know, Oh, there's, you know, has the IMS been done on a 996? Well, that's a question that's going to be asked, right? Um, whereas on a classified ad, you might not add, you not, might not put that on, or some car dealership might sell a 997.1 uh, with 75,000 miles, no mention of the IMS. And if you don't know what an IMS is, you're not going to ask, and they ain't going to bring it up. And there's not going to be a group of, you know, when you go to a car dealership, you don't have 200 people walking behind you, helping you inspect the car, right? On BAT and all these auction sites, it's kind of like you have this whole community of people helping you shop for things. And that makes it makes people more comfortable buying cars sight unseen, because at the end of the day, that's what's happening here. You're buying a car, you're, you're bidding on a car. High bid is obligated to buy that car. Um, uh, but you've never seen it. You've never driven it. You don't know what you're getting until you show up. Have you yeah. guys bought any cars off of BAT or any of the other auction sites? I know you've sold them. Almost. I almost bought an NSX on there. Ended up buying it somewhere else, but that I was close. Like at, I was doing the bids at the last bit of minute yeah. and someone else just got ahead of me and uh, well, 
Right. They well, that's good sometimes. Someone get, yeah. talks you off the ledge, you know. If they get, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm very happy with the car we did buy. It's great and still great. So nice. it's okay. Yeah. No, you can't go Chris, rolling an NSX. Chris, we're we're gonna get to this in a minute about the cars that Chris has bought, but uh, let's keep <laughs> going. Um. So the the bubble we talked about the bubble the the just mm. the crazy prices. Mm. I think there was like a, a a Land Rover Discovery that had that was like just a piece of crap with a hundred and something thousand miles a Disco Two, and it went for yeah. I loved it. I bought it from Chris. What? No, no, no. no. This was on the auction site. I can't remember what auction site it was, but it was like ten grand. It, like yeah. I well, mean, that, I I think I know the car that you're talking about. Did we review it on on yeah, Nerds? Yeah. 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 That well, that one at least did have a new engine. You know, it had an engine replacement or a complete rebuild. And if anybody knows Disco 2 knows that, you know, you got the three amigos that go bad. The head gaskets yeah. warp everything and then it's all toast, right? Um, but yeah, $10,000 for a Disco 2 is just absurd. Uh, we saw a 996. I want to say it was a 2000, maybe a 2001 uh, in like uh, Calypso blue, which is just a really lame blue um, on tan. And it's all beige on the 996 era. They didn't have black dashes and then you know a colorful interior it's just like a sea of beige it's all beige it's like a beige bathtub wrapped in this ugly blue um and you know i think it was even a mark one so at the 3.4 uh didn't no mention of an ims upgrade nothing and it was like fifty one thousand dollars you're like okay someone's just laundering money here and i think that there uh there are some of those things going on but by and large the market is just on fire and there are a lot of opinions for that Everybody knows that uh, new cars, there is a run on new cars. They slowed production because of all the stuff that went on last year, uh, deliberately slowed production. And then now that's high and strung by um, low, you know, their parts aren't available, things like the chip shortage and all that kind of stuff. Then you throw in some inflation in there. Um, and then you throw in people having idle time and extra cash laying around uh, for all kinds of reasons. And you have this kind of perfect storm. When we started the show, I kept waiting for prices to fall out during all the lockdowns and stuff. And it just did the opposite. I was like, wait, what's going on? Um, so will the bubble burst? Um, the, the big question, you start getting into some granular economic stuff here. Um, production, Porsche in Porsche, as a brand specifically, will keep production low for a while. They're hedge fund managers that run that company, so they they know they their predictions as to what the economy is going to do uh, is probably the best in the business. They will keep making cars at a minimum level to keep prices up. Then, if you throw in some inflation in there, even if there is some kind of correction, and even if there is some kind of push. To make uh, to make the market kind of you know retract a little bit um, in the last couple downturns that we've had two thousand eight early you know early aughts um, uh, two thousand one all that kind of stuff you always had the Fed's kind of pushing interest rates down in order to artificially keep prices up and now we're in a situation this could be the first time in any of our adult lifetimes I think we're all teetering within 10 15 years of, of one another in age uh, but this will probably be the first downturn in our lifetime that will include inflation the last two or three in downturns did not include inflation so if you get a if you get a correction in the market that correction it's going to be weird because prices will still be high there just won't be any credit people won't be able to buy anything because selling it selling something if you've got a hundred thousand dollar car uh, and then six months from now, there's 10% inflation, then selling that car at $100,000 six months from now is like a 10% discount. 
So what does that mean for, you know, start getting out your slide rules and your calculators and figuring this stuff out. Uh, you'll pull your hair out really quick trying to figure out what's going to happen in the next little iteration of our economy. Sorry if that was a little too deep. No, <laughs> not at all. It was interesting. Uh, and it, it didn't answer my question. When will I be able to afford a 9-11? So. Well, that's, the question is, but that's the problem, right? Is if you have an inflationary push on there, then even in a downturn, don't expect prices to go down. Uh, that's the problem is that even in a downturn, you're, I, it's my belief anyway, and I, I'm probably wrong because I usually am about just about everything, that we are not going to be in a situation like it was 10 years ago where all of a sudden the prices will plummet. I think, think what will happen is prices will stay the same because that money will be worth less. Uh, and then on top of that, lenders will not be out there offering. It's going to be really hard to get loans because interest rates are going to go way up and there's going to be a credit crunch because nobody's going to want to, the lenders are going to be in a really tough spot because they're like, well, how can we lend even at a high interest rate if we don't know what the hell the dollar is going to be worth? Uh, buy with crypto. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I, I, get somebody I, to sell you, yeah. you know, to sell you, when you sell your car, accept Bitcoin or something. I don't I offer also before we go down way down this rabbit hole. Part of the uh, collector car thing is it's not just that you know, the 2020 idle time and, and money. People are discovering that they don't necessarily need a car, and that opens up. Well, then I don't need a, a good, reliable, perfectly reusable car. I've lived. I have public transportation. I work from home, so I can just get a fun car. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have, if, if commuting isn't part of the, uh, the equation for your daily life, uh, that's a good take. I mean, okay. Yeah. Spend because let's face it. A lot of these collector cars, even when you talk about a $50,000 996, which is crazy. Um, that's still about the same as a new Honda fill in the blank Accord or something. Right. Uh, which would you rather have, uh, if you don't have to sit in traffic. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm definitely, uh, that's a point. Good point. The king of selling reasonable and reliable stuff for dream cars, Chris. Well, I think we already kind of discussed most of this. I I bought a lot of stuff that's already depreciated, hung on to it for a while, enjoyed it a lot, and then sold it at to me very similar prices to I paid for it. So one of which even went to mental, the CLS sixty three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was that your car before? Yep. Okay. It was. Right. Yeah. Put that together. I didn't connect those dots. All right. Yeah. We bought the nice car. We bought that five years ago from a Microsoft executive around here, and then did one lap of America and drove it all over the place. And then, you know, decided to downsize a little bit and mental pick that one up. Yep. Nice. The, uh, the um, other great car that he bought at the bottom appreciation curve years ago was a Land Rover Discovery that me and Vicky loved. Yeah. Yep. How long did that but last? It was, but it was a sea of uh, beige, which is exactly what yeah. you just talked about. <laughs> yeah, right. it, it was it beige actually, inside and outside. Yeah. It actually what year was it? Almost, what year was it? 99 Disco 2. Yeah. First okay. of the BMWs. Uh, lasted almost two years. Uh, mm-hmm. Put damn near 90,000 miles on it. Drove it Colorado, Oklahoma, Georgia, back, all out of the kind of stuff. It just, yeah. And it, then it I did it what for- Land Rovers d- did. But I the, had it for probably six years before that, and oh, it yeah. had been, you know, black interior, towing, towing on, race cars. Uh, it was great. Love that yeah. car. 
they're awesome. A black interior on a disco too uh, was like a, a, a $3,000 option. That's why you never, ever, ever see them. And you had mentioned CD players and stuff like that. One of the few brand new cars that I've ever owned was a disco too. I bought a 03 brand new back in 03, at least it. And in 2003, it had a cassette player. It didn't, oh, yeah. the, the, if you wanted the disc changer, <laughs> it was 950 bucks. And I was like, I'm not spending 950 bucks. I already had a, a you know, an MP3 an adapter. Yeah. 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 I was like, I'm not, <laughs> cassette tape, disc, screw that. So yeah, they're ridiculous. Uh, Chris, how long and how much difference was there in the buying and selling price of your Z4M? Uh, that mm-hmm. was five years. We own that 40,000 miles, $2,000 difference. Nice. Like that, Did you buy that a Z4M new? No, bought it. Bought it with you know four years old, maybe with thirty thousand, thirty-five thousand miles on it. Sold it. You know, was it a Roadster years? or a Coupe? Coupe. Wow. Coupe. Oh, God, those were God. so great. Those one, were those were so damn cheap. They launched those at the exact wrong time. It was right mm-hmm. during the downturn. I remember going onto showroom floors and looking at Z4M coupes. And they were like, you know, that was a the list price on those was like 70, 75 grand, brand new. And they were trying to get rid of them for 40 grand. So there was like twenty, thirty thousand dollars of what they call in the industry trunk money, if you guys have heard that yeah. term. Uh, they could not give them away. And I kicked myself in the butt for not buying one because that car's worth way more than that now yeah bought it and driven it for 15 years yeah also in between there only losing two grand on it the car had fourteen thousand dollars in hail damage oh we told people it was on bring a trailer we showed them pictures pictures of it like massive massive damage on it and they were like okay Cool. Luckily, your insurance picked it all up. So yeah, got a lot of all BMW parts, and the whole car got painted, and it looked great. But did did we use the uh, old clip for a lemon's theme? It was hysterical. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That is one of the cars that you know people ask. Well, maybe I don't want a Porsche. What other sports car can I get for forty, fifty grand? The Z four M is like on the high end of that list. Uh, That is one of the best sports cars uh, of that era. And for the money, I don't know what the heck else you get that's better than that. If you like the formula, the original M cars, that's the last one that used it of the the yeah. naturally aspirated high RPM inline engine, actual manual transmission, actual hydraulic steering, real limited slip, none of the electronic gizmos. It's like here's it's just yeah. a car that's very good. Have fun. That S54, you didn't have to do anything to it. Just it's ran. They run and run and run and run and run. What the Vanos is about the only thing that you got to deal with. And rod bearings at a hundred thousand. And that's about it. That's why we sold it. Um, This car hated traffic. This car wanted Mm. to go fast always only. So every time, because I drove in a lot of traffic for work when I drove to work, which is weird. I um, but think when... that might be you. <laughs> I don't know if that's the car. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to say. It, uh, it had gonna, a... <laughs> I drove it once and I'm going to back her up. Okay. It had a really, really heavy clutch. And it, uh, it, it. If you drove it like you were just being mean to it, it loved it. It was great. It worked perfectly on track like it all made sense but you're know, trying to creep along in traffic the, the, it just wasn't real happy we're like we're the nsx we'll do whatever you want it mm-hmm. was like oh you want to just go to the store cool we'll do that but yeah, yeah. i'm not buying it i'm seeing i'm seeing chrissy in like an a pontiac aztec going yeah i don't know people brag on these but it just wants to go fast all the time 
Well, I'm she never had a Pontiac sure. Aztec, but she did put a larger engine in her <laughs> Mazda three. And I, 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 we're having a great time, but I worry that this will turn into one of our infamous three hour episodes. And I want to touch on this before we, we actually get you for the ulterior motive that we drug you out here. Mm-hmm. Now, Uh You guys, you guys started out doing the, you know, Hey, this is a cool car. Hey, this is a cool car, but both you and Deeb, you're, you're, you're creatives by nature and by employment. And you have been, I don't want to say hypercritical. I'll say honest. You've been Mm -hmm. honest about some of the, like what, what the hell was bring a trailer thing. when they accepted this ad, I remember the 280 ZX that was up and with all the pictures off of a phone, it, 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 they, they, they were badly taken they were badly staged and then the site shouldn't have even had that on there but at the same time you guys had the guy from p car market on the show uh mm-hmm. and the the question is you know and i i think i already know the answer is are you going soft or you, do you just celebrate <laughs> winners and you and i hang out so you know i i think you're a pretty uh, a positive person but yeah so you know how do, how do you resolve that when you're you know basically bagging on somebody's site and like, and he's a guest on our show. <laughs> hey, yeah, I know. Right. How many times did we just dump all over peak car market and then, uh, you know, and then have Jim Barry on the show or uh, we haven't had Dave on, although he says he's coming on. Um, look, I'll, I'll give credit where credit is due. Yes, we are. You know, well, <laughs> there was a little bit of an online spat peak car market. Um, they have an online, they have a YouTube channel as well. It's called PCAR market, uh, or PCAR market live or inside the market, uh, something like that. Look it up. It's great. Uh, it's, uh, Dave and, uh, Jim, the guys that, uh, own and run the company. Um, and they are old school car dealership guys and they're from long island uh you guys are on the east coast you know people <laughs> yes. from long island right you know yeah, what oh, that yeah. means hey we like the porsches so you know <laughs> we we made a little bit of kind of light ribbing uh, uh, of them at first and then someone anonymously came on to our little piddly youtube channel and was putting all they leaving these comments like you guys are just biased against PCAR. You obviously work for bring a trailer. You guys, if you know, we're really big in the community. And if you knew who we were, you wouldn't say this kind of like this stuff. There's like, what and who the hell is making these comments? And you look at the profile and there's like, the person has, has been online for like, a day, right? It was yeah. something that just created a profile just to come on to our little. We have we have eight followers, and you're one of them. <laughs> you're doubling our audience by shitting on us, and that's fine, great. So we encourage that, but it was like, come on, this is an intern at PCAR Market, or it's one of those guys, and it just felt like a boomer that didn't understand the internet. And I mean, look, <laughs> PCAR Market. Uh, <laughs> They don't have a young sensibility. Let's put it that way. Okay. Um, so, and, and they did, they were making a lot of consistent mistakes and things that we didn't, that I thought were kind of like, eh, this seems a little shady. Uh, I did sell one of my own cars on P car market. The experience I had with, with them. Um, I didn't love it. Uh, there, there was some, I'm just, I'm not going to, I don't want to dump all over PCAR market because here's the thing. I think they've turned their, I think their ship is writing. Um, David and Jim are good guys. You know, we, we rib on them, but they're good guys. They are genuine enthusiasts. Um, David to his credit, just straight up reached out and he's like, Hey man, what's up? You know, uh, can I come on the show? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. We don't hate you guys. We, we think you're great, but we're going to, we don't, we're not beholden to any of the sites. Um, and when you come on our site and make a bunch of comments, it's pretty clearly someone in your office. That's weird guys. Um, 
Yeah, it well, kind of I mean, started a little bit of a bias there. You're, like you that. say, every, you know, every time you bring it up that you were friends with Bradley and the other guys from Rad for Sale. Yep. And uh, you talk very, very, I, would, I wouldn't say badly, but you seem to be afraid that their that their business model is not going to survive. And I am very it, worried for, for uh, Radwood or Rad for Sale. Rad they for have sale. some problems I, I, over I there. Wanted, I yeah. wanted to stay because there's stuff that shows up on Rad for Sale you're not going to find anywhere else. And I'm, and I'm cutting this off or I'm, I'm jumping ahead on the script. But mm-hmm. there was some neat stuff that you and I talked about. But well, yeah, yeah, no, Rad for Sale. Look, the thing. OK, so the, you have the big players, right? Bring a trailer, Rad for Sale. I mean, I don't, I don't even know if Rad for Sale can be uh, put in the big tra- big players right now because they're just having so many problems. But bring a trailer, cars and bids, P-Car Market. You know, P-Car Market was kind of grimy and gritty and they they were pushy and they were kind of used car salesy at first. Uh, but they were cut. They were scraping and scratching to get market share. They were kind of doing what needed to be done. And they learned a lot over that time. They made a lot of mistakes in that time. Um, one of the things that turned me off, like a, two, a year and a half ago, I had a Cayenne GTS manual, right? That is a, an amazing car. I put it on Renless. They reached out to me. And one thing that just drives me nuts is when someone reaches out to you acting like a buyer and then, oh, why don't you list this on P-Car Market? It's like, ooh, guys, oh, that's, that, that's kind of slimy. Yikes. So I didn't like that. And then, you know, I was like, well, okay, what do you guys think the reserve on this should be or whatever? And he's like, oh, you know, 2008 Cayenne with uh, 70,000 miles, that should be like, you know, 15 grand. That's about what they were going for at the time, but not a manual. Manuals already were going for 30 to 40,000 on VAT. I'm like, well, yeah, no, this one's a manual. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, so maybe 16. I'm like, have you seen what's going on? And they seem to have no idea what was happening in the Porsche world. They're, you know, it was peak car market. They clearly know what the hell they're doing now. But back then, my first impression, that was weird, right? So they've come around that way. But Rad for Sale, uh, unlike bring a trailer has been around forever we know them right um p car market uh they've scraping and they're putting money out there they're spending money to promote they've got a team of actual salespeople that are calling people okay so they have a mechanism an old school mechanism to promote their platform they're actually advertising in all kinds of different places um cars and bids you've got doug demiro doug demiro publishes a video every week that gets a million views or more yeah, right yeah so he has free commercials in his own platform. He, you know, that platform drives me up the wall because they should be as big as bring a trailer right now. And uh, there's only one word that I can use to describe cars and biz. And that's hubris, man. They are screwing up. They're patting themselves on the back. Look how great we're doing. We sold $24 million in cars or whatever that number is, but they should, they're still only doing what? 10 cars a day give or take a few whereas well, the bring a trailers doing... are not spectacular on cars right, and bits right. they're exactly. they're just used cars they're yeah. not enthusiast cars yeah. yeah whereas bat they're doing what 50 or 60 cars and most of them are pretty spectacular uh and p car market is now selling singers on the regular they they, they sold their third singer today right that's so, crazy by the way right they're singing singers i didn't know three singers sold in a year everywhere they didn't, they, they didn't. Mm. They didn't. You're absolutely right. You, yeah. Your your assessment is absolutely correct. So here it is. P-Car Market is like proving it. They're like, look, we are bringing 
big time cars. They've had Evos. They've had all kinds of crazy stuff, right? Um, cars and bids. It's like, oh, okay, here's my 80 or my, yeah, a Tercel or, you know, I mean, they still are more, he still does say that they're 80s, 90s and enthusiast cars. So it's got to be like an Audi A3 or something like that with an auto tragic transmission, you know, shot with a cell phone in someone's driveway in a dumpster in the background. I mean, <laughs> Doug DeMiro, let's face it. I, you know, you have to respect Doug DeMiro and what he's built on YouTube. We're all wannabe YouTubers, right? And here's a guy that just, you know, he's, sneezes into a you know into his hand and goes hey here's a video of that it's going to get a million views right he did he had but he wears he has no aesthetic his videos um it's in the back of a kmart parking lot it might be raining he's got his camera on a cheap tripod and you know he does his shtick and he's very knowledgeable and he gets granular on the cars he he provides value in his films and they are great for what they are but they're not visual they're not visual. Yeah. There's zero aesthetic. Right. And when we're talking about, when we're talking about enthusiast cars, these are not things that anyone needs. You do not need an enthusiast car. So you have to sell the romanticism of them. Otherwise you may as well just get the Tesla box that will come and autonomously pick you up. So you have to, you know, how many times have you seen on cars and bids? They'll have like, I don't know, a, a, an FJ, you know, an old uh, Toyota FJ, you know, um, 60 or whatever, right? Cruiser. Yeah. With the, you know, and it's a convertible top. It's a sixties car or something like that, but the top will be up and it'll just like, well, that's not the fun way. That's not why you buy one of those. You buy one of those to have the top down, go over the Sahara or something and, 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 you know, have this romantic dream. These cars, you have to sell that romanticism. And that means, being aesthetic and if the top down if the very top of that brand is like we don't care we're wearing uggs and a and a t-shirt from chuck e cheese it's just everyone's gonna here's submitting my car nobody cares they'll just take anything i send them as long as it loosely fits the fits the program nobody's gonna say oh yeah i want my singer next to the tercel that you were talking about Jeff. and I, it's I, not gonna happen that's why I, I want to see rad for sale do well because they, some of those ads are applying that aesthetic at mm-hmm. a, at a mental and Jeff level of consumability. One of the, I was this close. They had a 84 Dodge Colt turbo and it had mm-hmm. the gold inky wheels, which were period. Correct. The interior was great. I think it sold for just under $4,000. And that is such a rad little car and you're not going to impress anyone with the acceleration and then they you know the collector's cars but down here collector's cars that car would never sell on bring a trailer they wouldn't they wouldn't take it kind of a yeah. deal. so I, I hope brad for sale gets it I, I don't know if that's the case bat is pretty loose these days yeah once they got but, bought by hearst yeah but well, oh, speaking yeah. of we loops. need to move on yeah speaking <laughs> of loose and aesthetic yeah and uh, so and, uh, uh i'll the, do the share screen you just start talking Okay, you're going to just, okay. So, um, we brought you here for a specific reason and we definitely timed it a little bit different because we are about to offer a car on bring a trailer, right, Chris? Well, yeah, we're assuming they're going to take it, but I think they will. This is up there. Yes, this is, this is pretty spectacular. (laughs) Uh, Go ahead and share that screen while I play the role of Deebs this evening. (laughs) All right. Go ahead, mental. We're waiting. Give me, uh, yep. I'm, I'm I'm pushing buttons here and, there you uh, go. All right, there it is. There's a good looking fellow. Uh, oh, good, good. Up for auction is a totally roached 1973 Citroen <laughs> SM. 
the seller lists this as the most successful French supercar with an Italian motor in American endurance road racing because it has survived three slightly successful lemons races and brought home two trophies, including the index of effluency. The it top prize a, in top that prize, series. That's right. It has a three liter all aluminum Maserati Merrick motor. Am I saying that correctly? Merrick? Merrick? Anyway, Marac, yeah, installed from the factory in 1973. It has triple Weber carburetors that alone are probably worth a couple grand to some fool who's, you know, restoring his Maserati. Uh, it is customized with a full roll cage, lots of disgusting extra parts. Uh, it promises there's only a little bit of Hanta in the seats. It has an automatic transmission, a fully functional hydro pneumatic suspension. It has a blue dong for a shifter. Yes, there is a sexual product shifter on there. Um, it is offered out of Pennsylvania on bring a trailer and a no reserve auction. What are these fools going to get for their Italian motored French supercar? That is absolutely disgusting. That is pretty darn gross. Did they? You're submitting this to uh, to to PAT? Yeah. Or has plan. it been submitted? That's the plan. Um, I have to finish up the write up. So. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So are are you asking me what I think this thing's worth? Because uh, this is not cow. a serious question. This yeah. Yeah. Fun. No, I love it. Um, I I love these cars actually. I think there's been like. A bunch of these have sold lately. Like, there's been three or four yeah, of them this yes, year. But, but they were good. Gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. They're fully yeah. restored. And every time I show Chris and say, this is what that car could have been. Yeah. I don't know about that. Note, note the functional trunk light. That's yeah. Ooh, yeah. No, I'm digging it. I, the colorway is actually pretty cool. I don't think that uh, any of them were automatics that have sold, though. I think most of them have been manuals, Yeah. Or, or yeah, uh, that's amazing. That's, that's most of them are, are manuals in general. Yeah, not many I, yeah I think they, they're those have all gone in like the 20 to 40 range, depending on condition and stuff like that. Maybe a little more for a really, really, really nice one. I don't know. I, look, romanticism. <laughs> Let's face it, you take the right pictures of this car. Um, this, yeah, it, I, I I think this see, the, it we works. Took, we took the pictures right here. We're yeah. usually good, we're very good at good pictures and make you artistic and look make this look great but this car wasn't driving any further than that oh does it does it not run i thought you said it ran i thought it runs, runs. But, but it's it's spews transmission fluids from we somewhere that's new up and right down now. that's so awesome oh my god <laughs> I, I, yeah i love this thing i dude um one of yeah, our better it's running it's running very clean right now no, it's not at all. That goes up and down very quickly. Like you, you can actually like a lot of times, like with the with like Cayennes or Tycons or whatever that they have the pneumatic yeah. up and down thing. You can't even tell that it's going up and down. This thing looks like you know it's in like a hip hop video or something. That's like right. you could make the front bounce down the highway. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I think you put there is there it is. That's how you get the money for this. Put some donks on there, some twenty twos. Uh, you know, chrome that, chrome it out, and um, some well, fuzzy stuff around the around the uh, windshield. And uh, well, yeah, I think the shifter is going to have to go. <laughs> well, here's a good question. Um, let, let's let's ask a couple questions. You said bring a trailer. We'll take just about everything. Do we have a shot of even getting accepted? And when they turn us down, where else should we try? Well, you know, just about is definitely, uh, Cars and this, is, this is where we fit in the just about category. Um, look, you know what? I, I 
I no think reserve. Bring a trailer could take this car if it were uh, if it were shot correctly. If this car were presented well, they probably would accept it. Like if you got rid of it, I mean, I, I I I love the whole shifter thing and all the fun stuff, but like that car is is really has beautiful lines, right? It has potential. So if you took that out on the right road and you got the right, you know, uh, the, with the, um, uh, the golden hour and you got some low depth of field shots and you shot that, well, the car, somebody does want that. It's, I mean, it is it's parked. a parts car is what it is, yeah, it's <laughs> but it's also parked at a lake. So if we had just like turned it, turned it the other way, the other way, it's well, like the Tahoe a, in the background is not helping anything. Um, and but, that's uh, not for sale. So yeah, I don't even exactly. want people to get so, that kind of idea. I know. Here's another option. Light but it on speaking fire of- and roll it down the hill <laughs> and shoot video of it. And I don't know who wouldn't accept that. I want that car. Speaking of beautiful things for behind it, though, that did only enhance the shot. Try and notice the Godzilla-themed Honda. Oh, that doesn't look oh, like that yeah. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what happened. If you could get this thing to drive down the road and film it, I think you could actually sell it. Um, but, yeah, uh, if BAT didn't, I, I don't think Cars and Bids would take it. Um, and, unfortunately, P-Car Market, uh, they're definitely not going to uh, do yeah. it. No. Um, and it doesn't it doesn't qualify for Radwood um, unless it's like, could you what movie had that car in it? I mean, that, that that's a fairly it that, was that's uh, a cinematic car. It was right? the, the um, longest Zoolander. yard. Zoolander. Yeah, the original Burt Reynolds uh, longest yard in Zoolander. The uh, Zoolander. OK, there you go. Yeah. Zo- well, shucks, that that might that might bookend you in the wrong way, because uh, the longest yard, that's a 70s, 70 something. Yeah, it was a new. car. Yeah. Right? And then Zoolander's in the aughts. So you need to find a movie that had that car in it. I know there was a Citroen in like the last Boy Scout, but I don't think it was. I, don't, I think it was a four door one. Um, you get, dig around, find a movie from the eighties, and if you could say, "Hey, here's a picture of one of these cars in the eighties," uh, I think they would like say, "Fine, let's do it." <laughs> Just some loose connection to the uh, to the eighties. Rad Rad for sale needs cars, so they'll find a way to accept sell it. <laughs> They want to sell cars. Look, Rad for Sale doesn't have, unlike uh, Doug DeMuro, they don't have millions of free commercials. So they need to do something. And one of the things that that, that they, you know, they launched during the close down, um, I think they initially, you know, they used to do a car show every single month. Yes. Where they would get yep. thousands. Oh, we love them. We've been, been to a couple of them. It's fantastic. Right. So now that their car shows are starting back up, if they can hang in there for the next couple of months and get back out there in the scene and getting enthusiasts uh, on the ground, that is their mechanism to promote their site to the core enthusiast audience. If they can do that, that's their way to promote it and get cars on the site and get traffic built up and start making something happen there. If they can't leverage the attendance of their uh, of their actual physical shows, they're going to have to actually spend money to promote it. Um, and if they don't have that money to do it, then I don't, I don't know how they uh, get out of that nosedive. Well, so, uh, anyways, that's my before, opinion. Of, before we go uh, on to yeah, the next, those guys. before we go really on to the next to thing, see. I'll say, uh, if you would like to buy the SM, first off, I'll point up here and say, if you're watching mm-hmm. on YouTube, you can click that link right there, and I will, you can watch that video and see all the information. You can contact us directly. We've and gotten, we will by, the the way, by the way, we, we've been we've been text we've been texted a couple times from somebody who wants it. They just haven't they don't have a price yet. 
Yeah. You well, you guys price. tell me, what do you guys think it's worth? What, what's your bid? I bet if you're going to be, if you're going to be deep here, that means you go first. Oh, that means I have to set under. the market, right? Yeah, Ooh. exactly. Oh, I like where this say, is going. Well, I'm going to say uh, in one bid, no, two bids, it will get $3,500. And that is because someone wants that motor and carburetor and they don't care what it's wrapped in. Uh, Chrissy, or uh, you guys were saying that this car has no chance of driving normally. It's just totally toast. This this it, is a parts car only. Oh it no, drives. it drives. It just, it just spills it just... transmission fluid. We and what would it take to make that transmission finding the line that is broken and putting it back together? It's not the transmission that's broken. It's a line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, this car has prominence. This car has uh, is a. It, this thing has one awards it has trophies that's a thing man someone <laughs> will pay for that uh that's they what can't i would have be the selling well no they don't get the trophy but they get the provenance of the fact that the car you know won those races and it's, it's got the cage and all that kind of stuff somebody would pay i think i would bid this if this were on bat with some decent pictures um i would say that this car could i, I would probably bid somewhere in the seven i would say seventy five hundred dollars of a random trophy Oh, yeah. we're putting a trans line I'm in this. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. And if, if any of you guys can take, look, hire somebody for two or 300 bucks on BAT to take the photos. If one way to get in for sure on BAT, like if you just say, here's my car, I want to pay the $100 minimum, uh, and the car is on the bubble, they'll say no. But if you say, yeah, I'll spring for the 300 bucks for a photographer, they'll let it in because they'll know that, okay, it's going to be presented at least, you know, halfway decent spring for the extra few hundred bucks uh, and uh, get someone to, or, or find someone to take really good pictures of it and submit those pictures when you submit it. And you might have something there. I, I would, um, I would, I, I bet DJ Eric would probably do a great job of that. Uh, here's a, uh, takes I did, I did the BMW. I did. It was yeah. very nice. It was good. Yep. Yeah, we can. It's going to take another two months for me to get all this stuff done. Yeah, that doesn't help. I yeah. sold a night. 19- oh, there it is on the racetrack. Proof Woo! that it runs. Yeah, look at that. Come on, man. Who doesn't want that thing? All I, gag, spiked just, yeah. color, and everything. Yeah, it's good looking. <laughs> that's good looking. Uh, sell them the. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of gimps out there that want that car. Um, <laughs> Some the, of them uh, are on a race team. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Yeah, I I say uh, I say fix it up, take some good pictures, and sell that thing. You'll make money. Yeah. All right. I think Chrissy. Chrissy's got some car, got some things going on next. I do, but we kind of talked about this already, but we can talk about it a little bit more. Um, but I love obviously watching all of these sites. What's the worst thing happening on the platforms? Best thing, if you could fix anything on the industry. Oh man, the be- I mean, yeah, I think we've gone over kind of the best and worst stuff. I'd like to see. I mean, look, if you're a seller, spring for the photos. If you don't know how to take photos, pay for someone. I, one of the things we were talking about on the show today, uh, talking about cars and bids. Um, you know, if they did a program where they said, "All right, look, it's you know, it's a hundred dollars to list your car or whatever the fee is. Um, they'll charge you an extra four hundred dollars to send a photographer out there, three hundred dollars." Uh, if they went out and said, "Look, here's what we're gonna do." You list your car with us. You will charge you a hundred dollars minimum. If you opt for the good photos and the car sells, if it meets reserve, we'll deduct that, that photography price. If it doesn't sell for the reserve, we'll eat it. Um, you know, I think that would, because they need to up the game. A lot of the cars that are selling on there 
uh, would sell for more if they were presented well. And um, I think they need to encourage that. And that needs to come from the brand. If the brand put it out there that, look, we are, we're going after you, uh, you know, bring a trailer, they could take a bite out of them. They should really be eating their lunch and they're not. Um, the other thing that uh, is interesting out there, there's rumbling that that uh, eBay might get into this game and change up their platform on the car side and make a make an enthusiast uh, silo, which would be hmm. interesting. You know, would they screw it up because they're the big corporate juggernaut, or would they get it right? I don't know. You know, well, they you, definitely have assets for it. You've seen what Facebook Marketplace has done to Craigslist, right? And they could easily just like. I mean, make from a search point of view, they could just shut out all the other platforms. Um, you want an auction site for cars? You have to do it on the eBay enthusiast site. So, uh, you know, so the only way to keep something like that from happening, I don't think BAT is going to be truly threatened. I mean, I think, uh, you know, if, if eBay came in at the big juggernaut, it was the battle of the juggernauts. I think they're both okay, but that would absolutely hurt P car market. And that would absolutely hurt cars and business. It would absolutely obliterate red for sale. Um, so, you know, one of these sites needs to step up. Uh, P car market is really trying, but P car market also kind of has a lane. Uh, and they're staying in it. They are expanding. They will sell Ferraris and other kind of interesting stuff. But for the most part, it's just Porsches and other really, really interesting cars. You're never going to see, you know, an Audi A3 on that platform ever. Um, you know, it's got to be something pretty darn interesting to, to, if it's not a Porsche to be on. And that's, and that's why with all the high end stuff, I really do hope Brad for sale makes it because it does it's, it's enthusiast cars for people on an eBay budget. Yeah. Um, we're going to move on to our next segment. Cause we could do this for hours. This is, <laughs> right. And, and, and if you're listening to this and you haven't realized that we've been going at it for damn near, uh, an hour and 45 minutes oh, wow. every morning at nine o'clock. West Coast time. West Coast time. It's right noon. when I'm eating lunch. Yeah. Noon for New the Jersey. rest of you guys. Go over to YouTube and watch the show Bid Nerds. And then if you find any of those cars interesting that they're talking about on Bid Nerds, which I do all the time and I actually still learn stuff on there, go to the auction sites that they talk about. Look at that car and go, hey, I saw this car on Bid Nerds. It's awesome uh, because those are enthusiast style communities and they, they appreciate that kind of interaction. Um, well, and it sounds like what, if you tune in, you might see Chrissy. I, you, you absolutely have to watch that one. Tomorrow. We're gonna, we're gonna, absolutely. Tomorrow we're going to watch that one. Um, but <laughs> to that end, uh, John, what are the social media on here? I've got, uh, we've got your bid nerds on YouTube. You got bid nerds yep. on Instagram, bid nerds on Facebook, which is where I have to watch it. Cause I'm stuck at work. Uh, I went ahead and threw up the three pedal posse on Instagram. Cause I loved, uh, his interview with you on Pluto television, the Porsche road trip. There's dirt fascination on YouTube. What else am I missing? Uh, media wise that people. Yeah. Can- I mean, you're kind of hitting all the bases there. Thanks for the plug for bid nerds. And you're right. We do encourage, uh, we, we want to grow the nerd herd. We want to grow the nerd nation and uh the best way we found is people going to the to the individual platforms and saying they heard of the car on bid nerds that really seems to drive a lot of traffic over to us um you know we're we're going to radwood uh this sunday or i'm sorry this saturday uh so we'll be at the first radwood uh that's that's happening uh, here in 2021. So we're going to be there rooting those guys on and we'll be, uh, we'll be live, but yeah, uh, you can listen to, there's an audio version on all the usual audio places. Um, don't ask me how you find it. It just, you know, Apple, all that shows stuff. up in your uh, phone. You just like, Whoa, look, a new episode. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you know, so, uh, 
we do publish that as well every day. Um, but really, we you know we were hoping that most people find us on YouTube. You know, uh, Bid Nerds on YouTube because uh, yeah, that's where I'm going to put a put a plug in for the YouTube. They mm. show the auctions. And that is really important because it is a visual yeah. medium and they are talking about, look at this crap. I, I love it when you freak out and I love it when you're <laughs> like, what is this guy driving with one hand and the other hand's uh. on the shifter? And, and I, I, I get pumped up and I'm yelling uh. back. I'm like, that I'm like, is the answer to Chrissy's question. What is the worst thing in this industry is the God dang it. Turn your phone sideways when you're doing a driving video. Get someone else to hold the camera. Don't try to shift and drive. Don't go vertically. Uh, don't just show the gear shift lever. Don't drive in traffic. The worst thing in the world is when you got somebody who's like, okay, we're sitting at a light. There's the subway sandwich. Okay, I get it for 32 seconds. Then the light turns green. They go through the intersection. End of video. It's like, what the heck? What are you doing? I didn't want to see you see it they're idle. Not, they're not romanticizing it. Yeah, romanticism. Romanticizing. Yeah. Romanticism. Uh, I love it. They're, when, when someone goes out and they find a twisty road at the right time of day uh, and they tur- turn off your stereo too when you're doing this, guys. If you're making a video of how the car drives, turn everything off. We want to hear the engine. We don't expect, you know, we're not looking for a super high quality film. You don't have to be a filmmaker, uh, but turn your car, turn your phone sideways, um, have someone in the passenger seat, you know, have that thing as far back as possible. So you see the dash and you see, you know, everything around you uh, and go drive on an abandoned road and do it for five minutes and, uh, show people why you bought the car in the first place. Remind them why that car is the place that you want to spend time in. Um, you know, Alfa Romeos are pieces of junk, but if you can get one to work for five minutes on a twisty road, that is probably the best way you can spend five, you know, five minutes. And that's what you see a lot of times. These guys will go out and get a beautiful Italian car and they'll drive around. And you're like, yeah, that's where I want to be. Um, I don't yeah. want to be driving by the fast food place. I don't, that's, that's stupid. Yeah. It's not helping. I, I will also say I yelled back when you misidentified <laughs> you. the bent Miata license plate. I was like, no, that guy's doing it on purse in purpose. Cause he's an, asshole. you knew. Oh yeah. Absolutely. You knew I, wow. I have, I'm a Miata oh, wow. guy. So he, he teaches, he okay. teaches at a college in New Jersey. It's true. <laughs> When I was teaching high school, I would learn <laughs> words from him that my high school kids hadn't heard yet. And, you know, yeah, they thought I was cool. I'm big on TikTok. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, and the thing is that car, I mean, that's a, that's a really good example. I'm glad you brought that up because that's one of those things that the platform, you know, uh, Warren, uh, one of uh, Warren at uh, DWA um, and Rad for Sale. And Rad for Sale, yeah. Yeah, when that, when that car came in, they even they didn't know that that was a thing. And they went back to the seller and said, hey, man, you got to straighten out your license plate. And the seller's like, no, that's a thing. It's like, all right. Whatever, boomer. Yeah. It's a thing, right? Okay, but that thing is going to mean that no one's going to buy your car. So let that thing go for a second and straighten out your goddamn yeah. license yeah. plate. Um, if you're advertising that car on a platform that is specifically to vape sell, like if they had like, uh, you know, cherryvapeauctioncars.com, fine. Right. That's not what rad for sale was. Hang on. I have to go. I have to go patent a website real quick. Register that one. Uh, No one in the eighties had crooked license plates back then. That wasn't a thing. No, no, no. Make it period. Correct. The problem is is you shouldn't have a front license plate on your Miata, no matter what, because that ruins the nose of the Miata. 
even uh, better advice i can't yeah i mean take the ticket just even even you. my wife who just yeah. walked through she does not have a plate on her c6 corvette and she's like it's not getting one she's doing god's work yeah. she's doing god's work no. good for her anyway uh i think we've plugged <laughs> everything we're definitely going to watch the show chrissy is going to join you uh you live Tomorrow. in the same town as mental so i assume you're going to yeah. run into him and I don't know. Help him. I, I just can't avoid yeah. it. It's such a small town that it's like there's kind of no way around it. So I'm like, all right. He actually was gracious enough, uh, as he mentioned, <laughs> he lives in a high rise, uh, and that's how we spent our Fourth of July. It was a beautiful view over the whole city. So thank you again. That was fantastic. It's great having you. We uh, we enjoyed it, and I, I except for the damn cake that your wife made and left <laughs> in my refrigerator and clearly i keep eating it v- Vicky's, <laughs> vicky can cook is vicky in the room damn. mental uh no actually no, yeah okay. she's okay. it was like a jello cake with like cool whip on it it was like come on man I just, oh my god have her cook mexican mental right, really? tell her i want chili quiles I'm dying for some chili Okay, anyway, we are going to move on way. to the next segment, and you probably can play along because I have no idea what's coming up. Chris, do you have something for this? I have I have a hell of sweeter but terrible. Hell of sweeter you. but terrible. Oh, can can I can I say so the it's about so yeah, John. So you're you. definitely in on this one, JP. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jump in. So it's hell of sweeter you, but Jeff. terrible is yes. when somebody says somebody gives a a bold statement, and then we all tell them what an idiot they are. And I have a feeling I'm going to get hit on this one. Go ahead, Chris. Oh, this is all right. Bit. Okay, I get it. Let's say that one, we're just purchasing a new vehicle. Yes. This vehicle <laughs> is a high performance car, the highest performance car this manufacturer has ever made. It is universally loved by the automotive press. Isn't that great? But this is also very expensive, like in the kind of a treat for its owner. It is the largest vehicle purchase the owner has ever made. Right. And it is used. Pre a thousand miles on it, though. Yeah, 1400. Still. Now, if this owner also happened to be going to a track weekend at pit race in two weeks. This owner also sweeter but terrible. <laughs> this owner also said, "I can't go because I don't have a car to drive." And you have like eight cars out front. That's true. <laughs> so, hell sweeter but terrible. Use the Veloster at pit race. Uh, should I answer last? Yes. Okay. I'll go around next to last the horn. I asked the question. Hella sweet or but terrible? Taking your one week old Hyundai Veloster N to a track day. Mental. Go. Hella sweet. Get the track day insurance. It will calm you down in traffic. Got to get that fixed, man. Chrissy, I'm struggling with this one because you know how I am with dailies on the racetrack. I we took had to take emergency uh, trip with the NSX to a race uh, to an HPD, and I freaked out. And I was like, "You better go slower." I was like, "You can't. This you should, this should not be on the racetrack." So I understand the pain and concern, but I also agree with mental that you just get the track insurance and that is cheap, doable. And. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) Says, says the, says the podcast cast member whose daily driver is now the most reliable race car that they own. I know, but when it gets another dent on it, I'm going to be very sad. Yeah. just do it. Let's go do it. Hell sweet. All right, JP, how do you feel about uh, risking your, cars on a track day 
Uh, I mean, on a we're not talking about a DE day. We're talking about an actual race day. No, no, DE. Oh, it's H- no, HBDE. It's, it's yeah. HBDE. Yeah. Oh, then what do we? Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> Why would what? This is a problem. Uh, Chris, Isn't would you like the, to say something before? I mean, because I, I look, I'm not. A, I can't say I'm a. I'm sorry, I'm just not a huge fan of Velocitor. But I mean that the, that one in particular is pretty set up. Yeah, it's a nice car. Yeah, why wouldn't you? I yep. mean, I take Porsches out there all on DE days. That's why you do it. I mean, that's all. It's like you get out on a track and go crazy and not have to get a ticket. Hell yeah, do that. Why else okay. would you buy the car? I'm also going to say hella sweet. Because yeah. I have I have taken my nice cars at the time on DE days once each. I took the BMW out once. I took the NSX out once. And I really enjoyed the way you get to know the car differently on the track than you do on the street. And it 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 highlights things that might be kind of crappy on the street, but then you say, Oh, I get it now. Like like the BMW, you just love to go through every corner with about 10 degrees of slip angle on the back. And because you're sitting on the back axle, it felt like, holy shit, but you could just do it over and over and over and over. It was great. And also that sport mode on track was terrible because you couldn't modulate the throttle. On the NSX, you learn that the steering that seems slow in the real world is actually perfect on track because like, you can clip every apex exactly where you want it to. Things like that, that you are never going to learn in the street so yeah buy the track insurance send it and just drive like 10 percent less like you you know your limits you know how to sure you can drive hard you're an experienced driver you can drive hard enough to have a you great can be time in all without cars with me. pushing in the limit yeah we'll take Until it the mazda at the very by. end of the end of the lap end of the um so here's my answer already have wifely <laughs> approval already priced the track insurance already the plan I am taking the Hyundai Veloster and 275 horsepower, which laps the lightning lap, according to car and driver, faster than an early Boxster, by the way, on 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 a Virgin VIR. Yeah. I mean, if you want to have a polar moment in a car, wouldn't you rather do it on a track than an on ramp? Absolutely. Um, You know, so, I mean, (laughs) I think it's that's exactly what a DE day is for. You're supposed to take your performance cars, go out there push them to the limits and find out what they do at 11 tenths uh, and know how to, you know, possibly save your life for crying out loud. Absolutely. Uh, Cause you, that's, you know, you don't want a learning curve in a, yeah, I absolutely love the idea of taking well, and, and Jeff likes to play the humble bit, but Jeff is a serious hot shoe. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I've like never excited. driven the good version of the Velocity. I've only driven the, you know, rental car version. <laughs> um, and oh my God, I wanted to shoot myself in the face. Uh, but I have heard good things about the, about the, about the hot one. So, you know, I, well, I'm sure if I got a chance to drive one, I'd probably like yeah, it. Well, yeah. well, tune in in a couple of weeks because we are going to be covering the Pittsburgh DE show, uh, I think in three weeks because it comes in two weeks, right? I mean, is that where yeah. we're at? I don't even know what the number is. You make a driving video, just turn your End damn phone sideways. Yeah, I will. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do we know what we're covering next week? I no. don't know. I'm not here. I'm going to be at Boy Scout camp. So you're actually covering it without me. <laughs> Great. Okay. We'll okay. figure it out. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Okay. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Well, 
JP, thank you for joining us. I'm very excited. Seriously, to have thanks, you here. JP. This, this is, is awesome. Great. Had a great time, guys. That was uh, lots of fun. Thanks. I for can't me. wait to watch. I'm gonna unfortunately, I've got a meeting, and I'm gonna have to watch the rerun of Bid Nerds, but I can't wait. I, I will be maybe in the car driving to Pennsylvania to buy this NC Miata for my brother at the time, but I will absolutely tune in on my phone so I can make snide comments. Um, <laughs> thank you all for downloading us. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this week's edition of Everyone Racers. We also hope you'll join us in the world of driving, racing, and building, because even if it's fresh off the lot, you should be on a racetrack. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe hit the like and share button uh do whatever you gotta do it's totally free go to itunes give us a good rating even if you hated us give us a good rating five stars and tell us why if you have any questions or show ideas drop a comment on our facebook page everyone racers or email us at everyone.racers at gmail.com you can still text us Metzl's holding up his phone. He really wants you to text him. 484-243-0455. Send us pictures. Send us story ideas. Just ask us a question. You can also find Wait, us. Are on- you putting your phone number on the interwebs? It, it is a Google yeah. number. Google, so. Google. It's all of our phone oh, number, yeah. actually. Wow. Yeah, That's yeah. why it's Holy a Pennsylvania feels. number. Yeah. Yeah. likes <laughs> <laughs> junk pics. Send yeah, exactly. Nice. Yeah. Yes. Uh, if you have if you have rust in your hellhole in your nine fourteen, <laughs> send it to mental. Uh, actually, I have, I have not been offended by any junk pics that we have actually gotten. And we've gotten a few. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Find us on Instagram or Twitter at everyone.racers. Thanks again. And until next week, Doobie keep doo. the shiny Doobie side doo. up. Oh, yeah. Bid nerds. Get a, get a bid nerds tennis ball for your car. That's a sticker. Sticker. Yes, we have a sticker, too. Also, who's, who's got a sticker? Yeah. Well, yeah. Dare fascination. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go. Good looking hat. I, I I appreciate that you resisted the urge to bend the frato brim. There, uh, <laughs> mental. Nice work. You're looking good. You're looking good. You're wearing he'll it right. Ma- he'll make Don't me bend cool that yet. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Once again, if you can't keep the shiny side up, at least keep those wheels down. <laughs> <laughs>